You are Locked On Jets, your daily New York Jets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome. This is the Locked On Jets podcast for Wednesday, August 11th, 2021. I'm your host, John B. from GangGreenNation.com. And today our episode is brought to you by Peacock and Williamson. NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And while you are subscribing to Peacock and Williamson, you can sub- subscribe to Locked On Jets, this show as well. This is also a daily podcast. We cover the New York Jets with new episodes each day, Monday through Friday. And if you subscribe, we'll deliver new episodes to you as they are posted. And while you're at it, give this show a five-star review. That helps us out quite a bit. Really do appreciate it. Today we are doing our weekly mailbag. Thanks to everybody who sent in questions. We begin, unsurprisingly, with a Zach Wilson question. John, do do you have any comments on the media's coverage of Zach Wilson thus far? His struggles were documented on every ESPN show yesterday. Colin Coward even took the opportunity to compare him to Johnny Manziel on his show. Wilson seems to be getting eviscerated over a poor performance in the green and white scrimmage, which is shocking to me. Well, I don't think it's shocking to see the media react like this when a rookie quarterback struggles in practice, especially a Jets rookie quarterback. I mean, let's be honest. The Jets deserve a lot of criticism because of their poor performance through the years, but in some ways it becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy where the media almost... many. I shouldn't I shouldn't use the media as a term that broad, but many members of the media view it as the easy thing to do. Just bash the Jets, make fun of the Jets. I mean, I I don't think there's any question about that. And this is a time of year where there's still not a ton going on. I mean, I know we're excited about training camp. I know we're excited about preseason, or at least you might be, despite my best efforts to tell you preseason's irrelevant. People are looking for for easy stories. This is a very easy thing to talk about, how the Jets rookie quarterback is struggling. You can laugh at the Jets. But I've said this on the show the last couple of days. Zach Wilson's career is going to be told over many years. It's not a story that's going to be determined by his performance at one practice. I mean, how silly is it to go crazy about his performance in a single practice? You know, I mentioned this on a show earlier this week. You want to know a headline? Mark Sanchez and Geno Smith both got their rookie season after a successful game. They both got an identical headline. A star is born. Now, neither Mark nor Geno ended up being star quarterbacks for the Jets. Unfortunately, we would have loved for that to have happened. Everybody always wants to have the definitive take on a quarterback as soon as humanly possible. And it happens, you know, after Wilson's first game, if he plays great, People are going to talk about the the next great quarterback for the Jets. If he struggles, all will be doomed. But the truth is, if you look at any quarterback in the NFL, you don't really know how good they are after a game. You don't really know how good they are after a single season. It takes a couple of years before you really understand whether somebody's good or not. I mean, look at Sam Darnold. I mean, 
I don't think I was alone in this. I certainly did this, but I was kind of holding on to hope as long as I could for Darnold. And I don't think that was unfair. I mean, I do think that there were some reasons to be positive his first two NFL seasons. We just did not have enough information yet. I mean, there are some quarterbacks who really struggle out of the gate. Drew Brees, Hall of Famer, first ballot Hall of Famer, iconic quarterback in this league. The Chargers drafted Phillip Rivers in 2004 because Brees looked like a bust his first couple seasons in the NFL. You know, some guys, it takes a couple years for them to figure it out. And then there are the guys who go out there and play great their rookie season and are never as good again. And, you know, obviously there was an extenuating circumstance here, but the guy who comes to mind for me is RG3. And it was because of injury. It wasn't really his fault. It was because of injury. But RG3 looked like a future Hall of Famer's rookie season. I don't think that's an exaggeration. He was phenomenal. And then he got hurt in the playoff game against Seattle, and that was pretty much it for him. So, you know, every and then, you know, like the pathway to being a good quarterback is not linear. You had Dak Prescott, who looked about as good as a rookie could look in 2016, and then kind of took a step back, and now it's kind of moved forward over the last couple of seasons. You know, sometimes it's not always a, a straight trajectory up or a straight trajectory down. All of this is to say these are evaluations that took place after actual regular season games and after full seasons. We're talking about one practice for Zach Wilson. One practice and people are going crazy. How silly is that? And by the way, you know, by all accounts, Wilson played pretty well on Wednesday at Chet's practice. You can't go. How many? When have you ever heard of a player being definitively evaluated at practice? And look, there are certain members of the media who just like to generate controversy. And I think that that's part of the the tale here of Zach Wilson's part of the part of the the story. People want to generate controversy. It's very easy to make Jets fans hit the panic button over his performance. But ultimately, you don't want to go too crazy. It's, it's not a day-to-day thing. It's a question that will be answered over the course of many seasons, whether Zach Wilson is ultimately the right quarterback for the Jets. And I don't think there's any reason to panic right now. He's a developing young quarterback. This is his first year. You'd expect it. I mean, there are going to be growing pains. He's coming out of BYU. He's coming out of, out of an offense that was not overly complex. He's learning new things he's trying to develop chemistry with his receiving core there are a zillion things going on right now of course there are going to be games where he looks terrible there could be games where trevor lawrence looks terrible this year and you name the young quarterback every single young quarterback has games where they look totally lost and i'm sure every young quarterback has practices where they look totally lost it's just not worth panicking over one bad practice it's not going to be worth panicking over if wilson goes out and throws three interceptions on Saturday night against the Giants. It's not going to be worth panicking over if Wilson goes out and throws a couple interceptions week one against Carolina and Sam Darnold plays great, although I'm sure the panic button will be hit at that point. He's got to learn, and learning means that you go out and you play poorly at times, and you're going to have peaks and valleys in your career. Outside of Tom Brady, every single quarterback in the NFL has stretches where they play poorly. Aaron Rodgers had them. Peyton Manning had a bad fourth season in the NFL. So you just can't get too crazy over the day-to-day with Wilson. That's going to be true when the games, when the play actually matters, much less practice, one practice in August of his rookie season. Tell me how any quarterback did in practice in August of their rookie season. You can't remember. It's not something that determines your fate to any large extent. So 
I think that any coverage of Wilson that's acting like he he's a bust, much less Johnny Manziel at this point, is vastly, vastly, vastly premature. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit using promo code LOCKEDON. It's one word with no space, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. This is the Locked On Jets podcast on this Mailbag Wednesday show. Our next question, it doesn't appear that Denzel Mims is performing at a level to even see the field, let alone be the number two receiver. A second year pro, but year one in the new system that he doesn't appear to fit into. Although this is Douglas's pick, it was uh, it was a pick under a completely different head coach and offensive coordinator. If he can't get onto the field in this system with the new regime, would you trade him to get some type of return since getting true value appears to be a long shot for this second rounder? Um, I, I think it's premature to discuss any of this. I don't want to say that this is nothing because, you know, there have been reports that Mims has been, you know, playing with the second and third teams. Although the one thing I'll say is that, you know, I was at training camp for the Jets and when I was there, Vincent Smith was getting some types of work with the first team offense. And I don't think he's, he's in the mix to be a, a starter for this team. So it does seem like there's kind of a rotation, at least from what I saw during the, at the time I was at training camp. Mims also spoke on Wednesday about this, and he mentioned that offseason he had some health issues with food poisoning, which caused him to lose a lot of weight. He's still gaining it back, so maybe that he's getting back here slowly. I mean, it's tough to say. This is a very deep group at the wide receiver position the Jets have, so Mims is going to have to earn his spot. Playing time's not a guarantee. Unlike last year where the Jets had nothing and they kind of had to play him, he's got to earn his spot, and that would be true whether or not there were struggles in training camp so far this year but we haven't even gotten to the first preseason game yet so I don't want to write Mims off I think it's premature to write Mims off we have to wait and see you know it, it, he did play pretty well at practice on Wednesday now one thing I'll tell you is like when I was at camp that's not a guy who plays the, the 4-3 speed I, mean, I, I think you got to put it out of your mind that he ran the 4-3-40 when he was getting ready for the draft it's not a fast guy but he's a big guy I mean he was out physicaling a lot of guys. I mean, he was pretty much just throwing guys around out there. I mean, Jason Pinnock, uh, when I was when I was at camp, Mims kind of just kind of he's a big. Pinnock's a big guy. Mims just threw him out of the way and got separation deep. So, you know, it's difficult to say right now. We'll know more at the end of training camp. I think. Would you try and trade Mims? Well, the comes it comes down to one simple question: Is Mims one of your six best receivers? If he is, then he stays. You know, even if he's a backup. And I'm using a very, when I say best, it's a very broad term that takes into account ability, you know, performance right now. It takes into account which roles can you play. It takes into account upside. Mims is one of your top six. Why wouldn't you keep him? Why wouldn't you give him a chance to develop? Isn't that why you drafted him in the second round? And if he's not, then yeah, I guess you try and get what you can for him. But I don't know. I think that it's a little pre. I think everybody's looking for a story here. And it's possible that this is a story. But it's also possible it's not. I just think we need to see what happens in preseason before we make any definitive judgments. This is a guy who, you know, I've been the last couple of days, I've been talking about how preseason doesn't matter that much. Mims is a guy who's an exception. Preseason, I think, does matter for Mims this year. 
Our next question, John, we have talked about the offense so much this offseason. What's your take on how good this defense can be? We seem to have a d- dynamic duo in Lawson and Quinn and Williams and Pro Bowl-level players at all three levels of this defense. Is there any way this offense is struggling simply because Robert Sala may be installing a top-10 type defense? I mean, I don't want to put those expectations on the defense. There are some good players on this unit. I mean, it's not like years past where they've been trying to do it, you know, kind of with s- smoke and mirrors and Jamal Adams. Like, there are some good players. As you mentioned, this this is a good defensive line with Lawson and Quinton Williams. What can C.J. Mosley do? I mean, that's a question. There's, I mean, we know C.J. Mosley has been a good player in the past. Um, you know, in the back of the, the defense, you have Marcus May, you have LaMarcus Joyner who's played well as a safety. I mean, I don't think this is a fully built defense, though. I think this is this is a defense that's like half built so far because I, th- I still think you need maybe one or two more edge rushers to go with Lawson. And corner's a giant qu- – I mean, corner, you're – it's not just that you're going with inexperience. You're going with a bunch of late-round picks at corner, and you're trying to develop them. You're trying to coach them up. And it's possible. I'm not saying it's totally out of the realm of, realm of possibility – that uh, that uh, Robert Sala can coach up guys like Bryce Hall, but I still think this defense is still I think this defense is still a work in progress. And I want to make a point here: this defense has been worse than a worse than a work in progress the last couple of seasons. So it, they've built. I, when I say it's half built, I mean it was like barely built last year. So I think the progress has been made. I don't think this defense is quite there yet, unless some players really, really overperform my expectations for them and I'm especially looking at the corner position because I think that's a problem for the Jets you know you can say that having a good pass rush helps the corners out which is true but the inverse is also true having bad corners does take a little bit away from what you're able to do as a pass rush because those guys have to get there quicker if you can't cover so you know there are enough players out there that if a couple guys surprise me it could be a top 10 unit but I'm not willing to take that bet right now Next question. I like it that playing 20 pounds lighter will increase his playing speed, but do you have any concern that playing at 230 pounds will make C.J. Mosley more susceptible to injury given he will, he will be asked at times to take on blockers as the mic as well as his injury history? Is he more likely to miss tackles? Well, yeah, so Mosley's coming to camp lighter, but I also think that that's not just a function of Mosley trying to get himself into shape. That's just a function of the scheme the Jets were moving to where linebackers, I think, in the Robert Sala defense, linebackers need to be a little bit more mobile than they do in the Greg Williams defense. And the the best way I can show this is the, the is that the Jets drafted a bunch of guys who were safeties in college and are playing them at linebacker in the NFL. So it shows you they want guys with mobility. So I think that that's probably as much as as much as Mosley trying to get into shape. Robert Sala wants linebackers who can move and. I don't think that this defense is necessarily designed as much to have Mosley take on and shed blocks the way as to the extent Greg Williams's defense did. So I think it's okay. I, I think it's kind of one of those things that's kind of by design. I'm not overly worried about CJ. Mo- I'm, I'm worried about CJ Mosley. I'm not sure that's necessarily the thing that's got me concerned about him though. Built Bar has so many delicious flavors. And when you talk to a Built Bar fan, they're definitely passionate about their faves. But if you haven't tried all the flavors yet, you can get a mixed box where you get two each of the nine flavors. Not only are the Built Bar flavors the best tasting, but they're also healthy. Order today and get the Grasshopper Cookie or Raspberry or whatever you'd like. Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team. And if you go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15, you'll get 15% off your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 
L-O-C-K-E-D, number one, number five, no space, for 15% off at Built, B-U-I-L-T, dot com. This is the Locked on Jets podcast on this Mailbag Wednesday show. Our next question, I am a huge fan of the Carl Lawson signing and think he will be a great addition. However, I am slightly worried that fans will turn on him for a lack of sacks. Leonard Williams used to get killed for not converting pressures into sacks. Do you expect the same for Lawson if he continues with high pressure numbers but low sacks? I, yes, I actually am worried about that because Carl Lawson's been an excellent player in this league. I've been a fan of Carl Lawson since he came out. I remember I wanted the Jets to draft him the year he was the year he was selected. In fact, on our website we do like this mock draft where you you make your pick at the along with the Jets, and I picked Carl Lawson for the Jets. So I've been I'll tell you I've been a big fan of his for years. Yeah, I am a little worried about it because. I think sometimes, like, if you see a guy with a lot of pressures but low sack totals, you kind of dismiss the production because we've been so conditioned to view sacks as the ultimate accomplishment. When a guy who generates a lot of pressures is a very valuable player. So I think if Carl Lawson continues to play as well as he did with the Bengals, I don't know, you know, he's going to be worth something approaching the money the Jets are giving him. I mean, maybe you could argue he'll be a little bit of an overpay, but he'll be... Uh, that signing will end up being a success in reality, but I think the perception is that you know people want Lawson to increase the sack numbers, and if he doesn't, I think he'll get criticism, and I'm not sure it's entirely fair. Our next question, this is the best I have felt about the team since 2010. This new coaching staff and general manager staff seem different in a good way. Excuse the, the expression, how do we know it is not the same old Jets? Well, they got to prove it. You know, I'm not ready to anoint Joe Douglas and Robert Sala and Zach Wilson as the saviors of the franchise, they have to go out and prove it. And we've seen other promising people end up not working out for this team. You know, at the time the Jets hired Todd Bowles, he was one of the hottest coaches on the market and he did not work out. We were all very excited about Mike McCagnan after that first year. I mean, let's be honest, like 95% of Jets fans loved Mike McCagnan after that first year. I know I did. I was very optimistic about the future with Mike McCagnan. You know, after the, after Rex and Tannenbaum, who had a lot of success the first couple seasons together, after that second season, could you imagine that we'd be here 10 years later and the Jets still have not been in the playoff game since the 2010 AFC Championship game lost to Pittsburgh? So, you know, it you can't guarantee that this team is going to be successful, but you should be optimistic. I mean, I guess for me, and this is just me, and I know a lot of people felt the same way. I was so not optimistic with Adam Case that it just feels good to like have somebody you can believe in. You're like you, you have people in place that you can believe in. And I guess I you know, we had that a little bit with Sam Darnold, but our expectations were so tempered because we had this coaching staff in place that a lot of us did not have faith in. So now we have people who could be good. And look, it's August. This is the, this is the time to be optimistic. This is the time to dream. Is it going to work out? I mean, look, nobody can tell the future. But there's a reason we keep coming back every year. It's to try and be hopeful. And, you know, maybe the, maybe this time the Jets have finally found the right people. I mean, listen, every franchise that's been a perennial loser and eventually found success had to go through some pain. But eventually they found the right person. The Saints were a, a horrendous franchise until the point they, they found Sean Payton and Drew Brees. They were, they were, that was one of the worst franchises in the NFL. They had, had zero historic success. 
I think they had, they had won one playoff game in the, their entire franchise history before Peyton and Breeze arrived. So, you know, the great thing about the NFL is you always get a new chance to start over, and you only have to get it right once, and hopefully the Jets have this time. Anyway, that's all for our show today. Thank you for listening. This has been the Locked On Jets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, if you enjoy the show, subscribe to it and leave it a good review. Have a great Wednesday, everybody. We'll be back tomorrow to talk more Jets.